0: Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Madison, Connecticut, at the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. Our pastor and my husband, Greg Scalzo, has been teaching a series on heavenly authority, and the current sermon is from 1 Samuel, chapter 14. King Saul's son, Jonathan has been the vessel through which God has brought a miraculous routing of the Philistines from central Israel. But Saul, unaware of all the facts, and simply hearing the chaos in the Philistine camp, makes a rash and prideful oath, cursing any man that eats before he has taken vengeance on his enemies. Jonathan, weary and hungry from the day's exploits, and not knowing of his father's vow, eats a small amount of honey. And by day's end, the people are so famished that they savagely rush on the sheep and cattle, slaughtering them and eating them with the blood. After Saul puts an end to this unlawfulness, he determines to go down with the troops by night to pursue the Philistines. Before we rejoin Pastor Gregg, I'd like to take a moment to ask you to let us know how you enjoy these Bible study broadcasts. At the end of today's program, I will be giving you an address to write to us, and we always enjoy receiving your remarks and words of encouragement. Now, here is Pastor Greg.
1: Then the priest said, and you see here how a little wisdom has come to the descendants of Eli. Let us draw near to God here. They're reminding him to consult God. Let us draw near to God here. So Saul asked counsel of God. And now he wants the counsel. Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hand of Israel? And there's a Urim and the Thummim. Somehow, however they work supernaturally to say yes or no, to say blessing or cursing, we're not sure. But we know one thing, he did not answer him that day. So we know that this Urim and Thummim is more than lots. You ever hear them say how, well, the priests would cast lots, that's what the Urim and Thummim are? Because obviously there were stones that you threw, they would give some type of answer. all right, One way or the other. So it's more than that. The ark is there, the presence of God is there upon, the way it normally works, the presence of God is there, comes down upon the ephod, in the breastplate, over the heart, and somehow those crystals, those gems either shine or send forth a sound. Something happens supernaturally to give the answer yes or no, blessing or cursing, take this one or that one. At this point, no answer. Saul gets no answer. The priests have urged him to consult God, but no answer. Heaven shut off. Why? Because of sin. When we sin, it becomes progressively harder to hear the voice of God. Let me say that again. When we sin, it becomes progressively harder to hear the voice of God. This is not the last time it's going to happen. As Saul falls deeper into sin, he will experience the time in a greater degree when he won't hear the Lord at all. He won't hear him from Urim and Thuman. He won't hear through prophecy. Remember, Saul is a prophet. Is Saul the son of Kish among the prophets? He fell down and prophesied. He'll prophesy again. And then there'll come a time when he won't hear. God, he won't answer him. He won't give him any answer to know what to do, and Saul will have to sneak away and try to consult his psychic hotline of the medium. When there's no answer from God, it could be an indication. It could be an indication something's wrong, that there's sin. He did not answer him that day. And Saul said, come over here, all you chiefs of the people, and know and see what this sin was today. Saul knows, he has knowledge, that sin separates us from God. He knows if God is not answering, their sin. Well, he says how treacherously the people have acted, right? So what is he assuming? He's assuming it's because of the people's sin. And he wants to find out. He wants to find out who's responsible for keeping God from answering. verse 39 and so doing he makes another a worse oath a more foolish oath he says for as the lord lives he swears by the lord he swears by yahweh remember what jesus said in the sermon on the Mount. he swears by yahweh for as the lord lives who saves israel though it be in jonathan my son He shall surely die. Now, he's not thinking it's Jonathan, his son. He's assuming it's the people. But he makes this oath of pride. Even if it's my own son, I would kill him because I made this vow, this oath before God. And someone had to break it. I know you people were doing what you were doing, so one of you is responsible, and you're going to die. And even if it's my own son, he's going to die. This is a foolish vow. He's taking the name of the Lord in emptiness, right? He's calling on God for his own pride. It's empty. It's in vain. He takes the name of the Lord God in vain. This is how the devil plays with people. And how many times you'll hear people, even in today's culture, just use the name of God for a curse. They'll call upon him when something goes wrong. They'll damn his name. It's pride, it's emotionalism, it's over-emotion. Saul here is a very emotional man. And emotions are not wise for leadership. He's not thinking calmly. He's not thinking spiritually. You shall not swear falsely. Do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Here Saul is swearing by Yahweh who lives, who saves Israel, whoever has done this shall surely die. The people, not a man among all the people answered. They don't want him to know what happened. There must be a rumor in the camp now they know about Jonathan. They don't want Jonathan to die. Jonathan's the one that is responsible in an earthly sense for this victory. So they're just quiet. And how they have to start dealing with this man who's becoming irrational in his power. It brings silence from the people because they don't want to say anything. He's the king. Samuel warned about this. He prophesied about this power, what it could do, how it could corrupt. Verse 40, then he said to all Israel, you be on one side, and my son Jonathan and I will be on the other side. And the people said to Saul, do what seems good to you, Therefore Saul said to the Lord, God of Israel, give a perfect lot. So Saul and Jonathan were taken, but the people escaped. It literally is give a perfect. The word lot there you'll see is in italics. That's added by the translator. It's give a perfect. The word there for perfect is thuman. Give a thuman. You know, light and perfection, Urim and thuman, if you look in your footnotes, you'll see how in the Septuagint, which Jesus read, and the Vulgate, how it says, the full part of that verse that, that are in those manuscripts, it says, Why have you not answered your servant today, Saul says. If the fault is on me or my son, respond with Urim. But if the men of Israel are at fault, respond with thuman." He's looking for the ephod to give the answer. Show who's at fault. So Saul and Jonathan were taken, but the people escaped. Now God starts to answer. He's answering through the ephod, through the Urim and the Thummim. He's showing that the fault is on Saul and Jonathan. And Saul said, cast between my son Jonathan and me. So Jonathan was taken. Now wait a second. I thought Saul was the one who sinned. It is Saul's sin. But he's placed, this is what I mean when I say the words that we speak, how we can cause things, every careless word we say, we have to give account for before the judgment seat, and how we place things in motion in heavenly realms. By making that oath, he bound the people. And by making that oath, he set up his own system of sin that now condemns Jonathan as the one who has broken it. By faith, we can start to establish a law apart from God that even though it's a worthless law, even though it's not God's heart's desire, God never wanted it, God would never give it, yet if we establish it by faith, if we say, well, I must do this, this, and this, and then we break it, it becomes as sin for us. That's why we have to be very careful what we speak and what we teach. That's why teaching in the church is so important. That's why clean, pure doctrine, not Jezebel, Thyatira doctrine with all the mysteries and all the murkiness and the darkness mixed in, that no one can tell what's from God and what's the traditions of men, why pure teaching, pure doctrine is so important in the church. That's why the apostles in the early church was so important to preserve the teaching of Jesus Christ and not let it get contaminated, not have contamination come in. Because it becomes a law unto itself, he's proclaimed it. He's made a vow before Yahweh. He's called down death upon anyone as the king. Remember, he's a representative of Israel. In the name of Yahweh, he's called down death upon anyone who's responsible for stopping the blessing. And he stopped the blessing by his crazy first oath. So between his first oath and his second oath, he's condemned his son really to death. Jonathan would have made a good king. Jonathan would have been a, a good replacement for his father. And Saul has condemned him here. And the casting, of the, the casting of the Urim and the Thummim before the Lord, as that supernatural power comes down, shows it was Jonathan who ate. He was the first one long before the people. And then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what you have done. And Jonathan told him and said, I only tasted a little honey with the end of the rod that was in my hand. That's all I did. Saul made something good, bad, something made for righteousness, a sin. So now he says, I must die because the father's made this oath before Yahweh.
0: You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. We hope you have enjoyed today's study and will be listening as Pastor Greg continues this fascinating and important series. Our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Brantford, Connecticut, 06405. That address again is Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sunday service for Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle is held in Madison, Connecticut, at the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane. Take I-95 to exit 61, Go south to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. If you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we welcome you to join us for worship, prayer, the Lord's Supper, and study in God's Holy Word. May the Lord keep you safe in His blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve Him.